In biology, when we discuss dating, we usually are directing our conversation around the concept of finding the age of some organism. In this case, however, we are looking to approach the ever-changing romantic dating scene and how synthetic biology could be used to help singles find partners. Hello friends, welcome to another episode of the Bluetooth Bacteria podcast. My name is Dara, I'll be hosting today, and if you're new to this podcast, we are part of the Pittsburgh iGEM team, and our goal is to talk about synthetic biology and its current application in the field. Today I am here with my teammates, Sabrina and Angel, and we will be discussing ways synthetic biology could be integrated into the romantic dating scene. Are you guys excited? I am very excited. Ooh la la. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I'm assuming you guys really don't know very much about this because it is a relatively new topic. So um, let me provide you a little bit of background information on how the dating world has expanded from its virtual alternatives like, you know, Tinder and Bumble and stuff. Um, So I've been seeing that some startup businesses have been popping up recently, like around like 2017, 2018. And they claim that they can help you find your match by analyzing your DNA and crossing that information with social media and a personality test to determine your social alignment. So for a little bit more clarity, the sample of the DNA that you send in is collected and processed to specifically target genetic information from your immune system and analyze how many differences you have in your receptors from a potential partner. So the receptors they're talking about are in your major histocompatibility complex. And the short version is the more differences you have from your partner, the better, because it would be the most beneficial to any potential children you might have in order to fight off more diseases. So they're finding you, again in quotations, your ideal partner. And this is not to be confused, they kept clarifying this in their um, sum-ups online, not to be confused with pheromone attraction, which is, for those who don't know, detected through smell and produced through your sweat, saliva, your urine. Pheromones are chemical messengers that can stimulate arousal and hormones. So as of right now, the businesses I did find are only operating in the United States, so no international dating yet. Um, And specifically, one business that I have been drawing a lot of my information from has its headquarters set up in Houston, Texas. So shout out to Texas. So what do you guys think about all these details? I think it's really interesting um, that not only are they considering just the social aspects of finding your partner, but also the genetic side of it, which can get a little, you know, closer to the side of eugenics, but hopefully that's not their goal. I don't know. It definitely did not sound like it was very phenotype or physical appearance based, more just for love, but they thought that this was a good like basic way uh, or not basic, but a good foundational way to draw people in. Um, and kind of cross and compare them as opposed to like swiping and things like that. So very interesting. 
I guess it's an added plus, like the person you're matched with also you will have really um, genetically ideal babies, I guess. Right. <laughs> I don't know, unless someone doesn't really want children, then it's kind of pointless, but. Right. So you're kind of beating me to it a little bit here because I wanted to talk about some of the benefits and um, maybe some contraindications of maybe using genome dating is what I'm calling it in shorthand. So maybe some things to look out for before using genome dating. Um, Some reviews that I saw on the websites that were advertising this type of dating mentioned that upon signing up and being notified of matches that they had, that the profiles they were connected with had forgotten that they made accounts. (laughs) So in other words, they they were still registered, uh, these people, within the biological database for new profiles to match to, and that person was no longer interested. So that created some very awkward situations. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then also just like, it's, I think I mentioned it earlier, but it's not completely based on your genome code because it crosses the receptor differences with a personality test and your social media to create matches as well. So at least there is some sort of other um, filter that's uh, that's uh, sending you out, you know? Yeah. I mean, if it went by my social media, you'll probably think I'm dead. Oh <laughs> you can take that out. But I haven't posted on my social media in like three years. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's very fair. <laughs> Quick um, question. Oh, so yeah. how many people are actually doing this? Sure. So that was um, definitely one of the benefits here, that it seemed to be gaining a pretty large following. There, in the time that it was set up, so as of 2019, nearly 10,000 people have signed up for the app. And then at least 5,000 have sent in DNA samples to contribute to this database of people. So if participation keeps rising at the current rate, it could be bigger than the dating apps our communities are using right now, which is insane. Um, I think, I think uh, for me, as long as they keep um, what they're looking for in the DNA, for example, they're just looking at receptors right now. I think as long as if they keep it in that range, it probably won't expand to something like eugenics. But if they start looking at more things, then I think that has the that has the potential to do some really <laughs> that has the potential to do some damages. It also kind of goes into the idea of like Uh, designer babies or CRISPR babies. I mean, obviously, no CRISPR is involved in this, but the idea, like, you can use it to to make better babies. Yeah. Improve the human species, so to speak. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's like a little hack for your baby to be like, oh, you'll live, you know, that through this these set of diseases that we know that we're good for. So it's interesting. It's like selective breeding. That's what it is. That is. Oh my God. (laughs) There you go. It reminds me of uh, that movie Gattaca with Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke, where I think at one point she like takes his DNA and does a compatibility test. And they were 
really compatible. I don't remember if they were really compatible or not. No, wait, I think she was really compatible with Jude Law. I don't remember. Not important, but that's just kind of what it reminded me of. We could take that out, too. (laughs) No, valuable. Okay. Um, So we mentioned the the pros and cons of using this genomic dating style. So I'm going to pose a couple questions here. You can answer either one you want. Um, maybe what are some ethical dilemmas or general issues you find with the app concept? I know we mentioned eugenics, but also maybe on the other hand, would you be willing to sign up for an app like this? <laughs> um, would I be willing to sign up for an app like this? I don't know. Um, probably not. Mostly because I don't want to give people my DNA. <laughs> I'm very paranoid that way. <laughs> I think probably not for me either because i i would rather i think it it would be easier to just meet people in real life and if for example if i do get married in the future and i do want kids then you can just do testing then if that makes sense right um i i yeah i i hear your your reasoning there that was actually something that i even was thinking about when I was reading this that it, it, it almost very nearly is genetic counseling checking your compatibility and your likelihood for your hypothetical child to be either resistant or susceptible to a disease obviously at a much more generalized and very vague <laughs> level not at like the, um, the amount of detail and precision that genetic counseling is at but it did remind me of that a little bit with that type of selection in a way, then maybe have children when you get married, then maybe this can be helpful because it will be really sad if, for example, you met this person and you just really love them, but it turns out you guys <laughs> will just like your genetics just don't match up and there's, there'll be a high chance your baby will be born with like a lot of, like, I don't know, like health difficulties. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe it is helpful for them then. Yeah, I mean, it could be helpful if you're really interested in it. Um, I I just think that, you know, finding a partner that, you know, you want to be with, that it's very complicated and there's so many factors that go into it. And it's so cultural and it's so societal and it's so different in everywhere. And biology has some plays a role in it but it's also a lot of other things that influences who you like based on their like so many other things to worry about then in the end like it doesn't really matter and I don't know yeah I yeah I guess if you are interested in finding the ideal match if you want children you want to have win the genetic lottery so to speak you want the best kids you want your kids to to become superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> you want to have the healthiest baby of them all. You want an A-plus baby. I want a little Einstein genius baby <laughs> that also can win a gold medal at the Olympics. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> and also, like, it's always the thing, the idea that, you know, 
we want these perfect children, so to speak, but even if they have some sort of, um, oh God, what's the word? Disability, you know, that's, it's, it's just, it's the way our society treats those things. That makes it bad. It's not, it's not necessarily bad, but it's just the way our society thinks about it. A little bit of philosophy there for you guys. More deeply rooted problem outside of this little little bubble that we're working with. I agree with you. Yeah, Yeah, it's definitely a person-by-person basis about who would sign up for something like this, depending on their culture, you know, their background of what they grew up with and their own feelings about sharing their DNA. And of course, like their decision-making about children and marriage in general. So I think you guys summed it up pretty nicely. Although I was thinking like one thing that if it, you basically summarize like the more different your receptors are right the Mm -hmm. better the better potential your children have to fight off these diseases that's right so maybe this could actually encourage like more diverse couples because if 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 it goes by the more differences like you know people in similar areas have like similar genetics basically you know like kind of like the ancestry yeah yeah that's a good point yeah i mean it could encourage like diversity i don't know i I don't know too much how it works but yeah i feel like it it hasn't been as long term yet that we and i mean there's still a pretty hefty amount of participants but yeah not as long term yet that we can't see like the kinds of um like products that they're, or not maybe, maybe products is the wrong word, but the, like the outcomes of the relationships. <laughs> we haven't been able to see many of them, but that's a good point. Yeah. I was also thinking like, I wonder if synthetic biology can somehow, like, I don't know, engineer our pheromones or some chemical receptor and make like a crazy love potion. <laughs> Well, that's where I was going to get into next. Like we've talked about like the background and the benefits and cons for using something like this, but really we should be talking about where Synbio fits in. So um, there could be ways to expand on this new idea of biologically favorable matches in our modern dating world. Um, But I wanted to get ideas from you guys on like what you think we could be doing to kind of engineer this type of good matchmaking. I had some ideas myself, maybe, but I'm not sure if they're also any good, but maybe like the way that you kind of create a pool of match candidates, right? They already did that by analyzing your DNA for these receptors. So maybe you could narrow down that pool of candidates by implementing like a second wave of tests that use some kind of engineered bacteria or proteins acting as like sensors or detectors for a variable the original test is not capturing. I don't know what that is, but that would be a way that you could integrate some kind of synthetic biology factor. You know, I just keep thinking about the dating world now and <laughs> you know love and romance and i just you know think what? synthetic biology doesn't really have much of a role in it the more i think about it because the more it's just like wait just sabrina 
your idea of like a love potion maybe it can work. For example, you take <laughs> you take a probiotic and have or some not probiotic. You take something and have it release um like all the I don't know like what what do they say? I think oxytocin has something to do with love and affection. You can also increase like your dopamine. <laughs> so like when you see someone that you like. You can be like, "Oh, please try this potion. This potion will make you love me." Please eat this oh yogurt. I was like yeah. thinking, like, what if you? Okay, what if you? So there's some sort of way using synthetic biology that you can figure out, like, what pheromones are really gonna, are really gonna do it for the other person, you know? And then you take those pheromones and then you turn it into like some weird perfume, and then you can like really mad you can make them obsessed with you unconsciously with the pheromones that but i feel like people are a little bit more complex like i know I smell something good what is that smell like you can just spray anything with that perfume <laughs> and just be like, man i really love this these pair of socks they're just great <laughs> so yeah, I feel like based on the information we discussed, maybe there could be a future where our romantic lives are pointed in a potentially favorable or unfortunate direction due to the efforts and applications by synthetic biology. But even so, I think Sabrina sums it up best that maybe synthetic biology in this case does not need to be involved with this little subsection of our lives of love. So. Thank you all for listening and let us know what you thought of this episode. This has been the Bluetooth Bacteria Podcast. Until next time.